We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Yo. Did we just say that at the same time? Yes. Massively corny. <laughs> Welcome to Light Years Podcast. <laughs> oh, your boy. Your boy's officially a dime back. I, you know, that's, we don't, we don't need to, we don't. People are really angry. I'll say that. I will say that. Yeah, at least I, I get I, this one. I mean, I, he is kind of a franchise legend. I will, I will say. And, and by kind of, I mean, he is. He, he is. He's kind of like. <laughs> He's kind of uh, like as a Giants fan, I think he's probably the guy um, that is that is the face of the three championships uh, that the Giants won. By the way, we're gonna talk about the 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 franchise of the decade. I'm gonna throw my Giants in there, Sam. Three titles, <laughs> four playoff appearances, couple Go Hall away. of Famer. <laughs> Couple I don't think they, I don't think they have a single Hall of Famer. To that, be that's the, that's the argument. Like is Buster Posey a Hall of Famer? Ah. I mean, I mean, he would be if, it, if his body didn't go to like hell at age twenty-eight. Like he was on hard being a catcher. Tim Linscombe had a short prime. Um, Tim Linscombe is like. If Steph Curry retired a year ago, you know, like maybe a year even, or two even, ago, even even shorter. If like yeah. Steph retired in like eighteen, right? You're like, like you a just like years you ago. have like a three year run that like, <laughs> was like oh my god, and then it's like yeah, just kind of or like or he turned into um, I'm trying to think of like a league at like if he turned into Seth Curry after that, it's just kind of like a you know like a rotation dude. 
Because that's oh, kind of how Timmy's career went. No, he, was like, he wasn't even rotation guy. He was so bad. It just, I think his hip got messed up. Um, and then like Matt Cain, his his career went down because he got hurt. Mad Bum, I would say Mad Bum's probably the one guy just because he's only thirty, right? So I guess if he has like five more good years, um, he'll probably be in the Hall of Fame. He's also not dependent on power, and he's never been hurt for, like, an actual baseball reason. I always think that's kind of cool. Like, his two injuries where he crashed a dirt bike, and then, like, a ball hit him in his phone. Like, he's never – you know how, like, all – the reason you don't supposedly pay pitchers is because they'll inevitably get hurt, their shoulder, their elbow, whatever. Like, he, he has none of those problems. Um. The problem is he also can't throw hard. <laughs> but hey, did you, but he, uh, did you see the did you see the thing? Uh, I think it was Bags or someone wrote that um, they were about to get a contract extension done, and then he pulled a Monte Ellis see that dirt bike incident. Damn, man! Can you imagine? He probably would have stayed a Giant forever because they definitely would have. Dude, and that him. was um, he was still elite going into 2017. Like 16 was his last like All Star year, um, and he was what only 27 then. Yeah. I could have definitely seen like the old management give him like seven years, two hundred million, like one of those type of deals. Oh yeah. Um, so you kind of feel bad. He just he just hit free agency at the wrong time, like twice. Why? Well, I guess the first time he just signed that extension, like the quick... he signed early when yeah. he could have. Uh, he didn't. He didn't take the um, the Bryce Harper route. Like I'm just gonna you ride this out till my rookie uh, or whatever. Like the team controls the Mookie, are done. The Mookie best route. Well, hey. Hey, now we get to see Kevin Gausman, okay? Oh, not we, not we. I have to watch it. You don't have to watch it. You don't care. I have to watch Kevin Gausman. I, hey, you know where I stand. I think they're going to be good if they just ride this out, but it's going to be a brutal year and a half. Um, I will say Giants games are probably the best date spot. Uh, it's like my favorite date spot uh, for sports. Like, I don't – date spots for basketball, I think, are terrible. Football, definitely terrible. Baseball is definitely the football. Way. Yeah. Does anyone? I I wanna. If any of our listeners have ever taken like a first date to an NFL <laughs> game, I want to hear about. I want to hear about it. Um, I disagree with you. I think basketball is a good date spot. Um, like you, I like to watch the game, so I'm definitely not taking, you know, a date to uh, a serious game. You know, like, <laughs> but like if it's like a random Thursday. And it doesn't matter. It's pretty fun, right? Yeah, but you have to pay attention to the game. Like baseball, who cares? You can like talk. You can like you know get to know a person. You can eat better know, food. Man. Do you really have to pay attention to Warriors games this year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you, you you're not like it's. I mean, it's the same with 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 baseball. You're not taking a date to uh, a World <laughs> Series game, you know. Well, but hey, you know, June versus uh, a June random game versus um, the Diamondbacks. Who cares? <laughs> I almost got a little problematic there about the, uh, you know, you get asked, you get asked questions about sports with baseball. You get time to explain it with basketball. It's like, hey, I just want to watch the game. Let's just watch Steph Curry <laughs> cook out there. Oh, is is this what you're like on dates? You just get all, uh, um, you just just super. I'm trying to watch the play. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that point, that's my fault. Why even take? Why even go to the game? By the way, I will say I was at Chase Center this weekend for Lenium. Uh, the the sound production is ridiculous. So that is what Chase Center does well. They're good at building in noise because my like my head still hurts uh, because of how loud it is. I, I think I sent you and Sheet a video. Um, it's just ridiculously loud. They have fireworks going on inside. It was crazy. 
Um, shots to the chase. And it's been like the only thing exciting that's going on there this year. And when the crowds got into it for Warrior games, which I don't even know why they would, <laughs> um, like that Celtics game where they played them close to the end and it looked like they were going to get the upset win. It's pretty loud in there. Okay. I mean, there, there, there's been some games. I mean, that Portland game. I think, like, there's been some home games. Even, even the Knicks. You, you were at the – were you at the Knicks? No, we were recording. Um, but that Knicks game, it went to OT. It looked like it was loud in there. I mean, it looked like, it looked like that old-school Oracle um, where it's just, like, it's packed, but it's not, like, completely sold out because the team sucks. But it's like you can t- you can tell the crowd is going pretty nuts. They're not they're not good enough to get you off the concourse if you want a beer. <laughs> That's the level of basketball they're playing. They're like, eh, By the- basketball hit a shot, but I really I really want another uh, Bud Light. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, by the by the way, which Bud Light fourteen dollars, Stella sixteen dollars, and a cocktail, which is like essentially a Moscow Mule, twenty dollars. Chase Center. I mean, it was the same at Oracle last year. But anyway, there we go. Um, Let's get into it. So Warriors were named the team of the decade. Um, I don't think there was any surprise on that. Like you could say the Patriots because they had the same amount of success over the decade. But when you consider everything the Warriors did in terms of changing the game and just kind of changing everything about hoops, like it's pretty, you would have needed like an NFL or MLB team to win like six titles to overshadow the Warriors. How how many did the Pats win? I think they have they had three this decade, and then they had three the previous decade. Okay. And I think they went to five Super Bowls this decade. I'm trying to remember. They definitely lost the one to the Eagles, and no, yeah, this, the the second one they lost to the Giants was also this decade. I was trying to remember if it was this or last decade. Okay. Um, um, okay. Tom Brady six and three. You know, not undefeated, but you know, a winning record in the finals, which is still impressive. Yeah. Um, I think your <laughs> Six and three, right? Imagine being the opposite. Um, the the main point that you make is 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 the best point. It's the Warriors change basketball, like with Steph Curry and the way that they play defense. Those two things change basketball. Now the Warriors are like behind. Now they can't get enough wings and they can't get enough shooting. It's funny how that works. Uh, now the rest of the league, you got like Luka Doncic out here shooting crazy. Well, and, and even to the wing <laughs> thing, before the Warriors, I don't think people just thought you could just replace bigs with wings. So that even was a, a huge tactical innovation. Like everyone knew you needed wings to defend, but you also needed the big man inside. Mm-hmm. And with them winning that first title, going small, and then just kind of like that being the staple, us knowing like, all right, they're going to go to Draymond at center. And it's, you know, it's curtains. Um, that's, that's something like, I, I mean, I think the 90s bull, the 90s Bulls did that occasionally with Rodman, but it was like, it wasn't a thing. Um, so here's a point I'm curious, because uh, I, I, I like making is if people thought that the first cha- championship was a fluke, and then the second was like, what actually should have happened to the Warriors in the beginning, then why did basketball change the way they did, right? So I, I find that fascinating, because like you said, bigs are essentially they're not non-existent but look at um your boy uh who's the guy in phoenix who's, who's the guy that you love what's his face um aaron, aaron baines no not aaron baines the guy that's <laughs> Aiton? Just... i don't yeah, oh, opposite of <laughs> deandre but, but look at deandre Aiton, like... right uh you don't like him and because i mean not as a player right but he was the number one pick in this like tra- traditional number one pick it's like we picked a big guy yeah He's a i'm sure just like thing. why would you take him over Luca or Trey, mm-hmm. who have more obvious skill sets to be stars. 
Um, I will say this. Uh, we've seen bigs change. It's not like bigs can't be effective now, but they have to have perimeter skills. Like Anthony Davis is playing about as well as he's ever played, but Anthony Davis moves like a wing, you know? Um, and that's kind of part of it. Yeah, the days of being just kind of like a big man who sits inside, mm-hmm. done. Um, it, it, it's like, how many Anthony Davises are there? You know, I almost don't even think Zion Williams is going to be Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is so damn good. Um, and then, or like Giannis. Giannis is a big, but like people don't – I mean, I think he's a big, but people don't look at him as a big. But he's kind of also what you want your big man to be now. Because he needs to be able to guard wings and perimeter players. Yeah, and then and then on the other side, let's talk about the other side. You look around the league, and and I'm watching this game, and there's this guy on Miami named Duncan Henderson, or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, and he's just stroking threes, right? And you're and you're almost thinking, man, what about like David Davis Bertrand? David Bertrand, yeah, yeah, like ten years ago. Right, Sam, like, think 10 years ago, would these guys even be more than, like, a role player off the bench, right? Would they be more than, like, Steve Kerr? Just because it's, like, first of all, they wouldn't be allowed to shoot that many threes, right? And then, um, so they're not maximized. That's the other thing. Do you know how many threes Steph took uh, in the regular season the first year the Warriors won a title? Like, what was his, like, eight? just average attempts? Eight? Almost seven, eight? 8.1, correct. <sighs> And that was, like, unheard of. Like, yeah. whoa. He's... Now it's, like, when he's taking 11 or, like, dude, take, like, three to four more. Well, how many does James Harden take? I'm pretty sure you know. Like, how many does James Harden take a game? But I, I think I'll, let you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guess first. I'm, pu- I'm pulling it out. I, I, th- I think, I like, it's more than, more than Steph. Like, 13. I know he shoots. 13.9. Like 14. He shoots 14 threes a game. <laughs> and only 11 twos. So, like, just the simple – the idea of taking more threes than twos was something Steph started. Yes. And 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 we'd both argue he probably needs to do even more, you know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's copying it in one way or another. Not everyone's copying the Warriors' ball movement because – Well, that's hard. I don't know. Even if the Warriors um, – when the Warriors come back, I think they're going to have a hard time replicating that ball movement because it wasn't just Steph and Draymond. It was Iguodala. It was yep. Livingston. It was KD. I mean, they had so – it was Bogut. It was – you just don't see an assembly of that many passers that often. Usually it's more of like you, you're lucky if you have two to three guys who can make high IQ decisions. Yep, that's a great point. Um, to go back with Steph real quick too, um, I was texting you these numbers the other day. Um, you look at Steph's career three-point shooting percentage, 43%. I'm looking at James Harden shooting. Uh, this year, he's at around 36, 37, which is pretty good if you're shooting 14 threes. But you can kind of see the difference, right? Like, I'm looking at yeah. highlights every day, and my timeline is nonstop Luka Doncic and, and Trey Young. Trey Young shooting 37%. Luka's shooting 33 And you're kind of you, – and not to say that they're bad players, because obviously Luka's amazing. Same with Trey. But – Yeah, isn't it, isn't it kind of funny? Luka – doesn't really hit threes, but he finishes inside better than LeBron. Like, it's the opposite of what you'd assume based on what you see on highlights. <laughs> um, you know, you don't, see, you don't see highlights of Luka just driving and making these, like, acrobatic layups. It's always the step back. What is he, like, 6'8"? Six, 6'6"? Six, six. He's a – by the way, I'm excited to see him live for the first time. I think it's the 28th. It's he's, some, he might it's, be out, it's, though. It's, I think he's going to be back by then. Okay. Um, they're, they're saying it's not – well, you're right. He could be out. But they're playing Dallas suck. at Chase. Um, 
in between during the holidays. I think it's the 28th, but anyway, um, and yeah, my, my impression has been, he's, he's one of those guys who's more like six, nine than six, six, you know, how like everyone's six, seven, six, eight on their measurements. And like, you see Draymond, you're like, ah, you're more like six, five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see LeBron, you're like, you're a little closer to six, 10. <laughs> Katie's like, so I, Luke, yeah, Luke is one of those guys who I'm like, Oh, he, he's not lying on his measurement. If anything, he might be rounding down. Um, uh, but I think it is it is pretty crazy that that um, you look at the changes that's been going on the last few years, and you look at what's gonna happen in the next few years, and who's gonna be great like Luca and whoever, and you still are like, well, there's still not a better shooter than the guy who kind of made this thing, uh, who who started this thing to begin with, which is which is insane. Which also, my favorite player growing up was Steve Nash. Can you imagine if Steve Nash like? I, I always wanted him to shoot a lot more, though I love this passing. But it's like, man, if, if Steve Nash shot a lot, I wonder what, how many points he would have averaged. He would have been. Well, see, Nash said that during Steph's uh, MVPs. I couldn't remember if it was year one or year two. He's like, you know, Steph uses his shot a lot more to put pressure on the defense to open up the pass, and maybe I should have done that. Like, he even recognizes, like, it might have made him a better player if he took three more shots yeah. a game. It might have helped his team more is really what it yes. comes down to. I mean, they wanted a high clip, but he – I'm looking at it right now. In his MVP years, he was taking 13 shots a game, Ugh. four to five threes. I mean, he was hitting them at an obscene clip, and he was an amazing shooter. Who's to say, you know, his percentage wouldn't have dropped a little bit, but he was hitting 46% on four and a half threes. Even if he falls to like 41, 42, wouldn't you rather him take like eight yeah, and, and remember that team that he played on, too? He was playing on a team full of shooters, unlike Steph. Steph just has Clay, yeah, KD. But then, like, Amari was a finisher, right? Steph never really had a finisher. Even when they ran pick and roll with KD, which they rarely did, KD was kind of more of, like, a pop finisher, not really, like, a go-to-the-rim type yeah, of finisher. Ja- I mean, anytime JaVale, JaVale had a, a bunch of other issues, but anytime he was in, it was just, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because, because it was just one dude who you knew at least would go straight to the rim and finish off the roll. God, JaVale reminds me – I miss JaVale because of how much I dislike watching Willie Cauley-Stein. You warned me. You warned me when they first signed Willie Cauley-Stein. I had no take. It's like, okay, I want to see what happens. And, I was hoping he would um, kill turn, into, turn into JaVale. I think his career um, – he may end up being like JaVale, but it might be in three years. You know how like JaVale nearly washed out and then at 29 with the Warriors, they kind of figured out a role that fit him perfectly. And he's just, he's just playing that role. He, he knows exactly who he is now. It doesn't mean he doesn't have flaws, but he just, he just does what he's good at and that's it. Um, maybe there's hope for Willie to become that, but I don't think it's happening on the Warriors anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are we um... – do we have anything else to talk about in terms of team of the decade? They forgot to put KD in the in the video clip in the Warriors account, which is that that was uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, you know what my theory on that is. I don't think it's some grand conspiracy. It's one hundred percent one person not thinking, making the video, and it posting, and then boop, there it is. You know, then all of a sudden it's like oh. I bet I bet Bob Myers was on top of this. I bet if Bob wanted to do that. No, no. It was just, you know. <laughs> do you think anyone even notices that stuff? You remember how how overcomp how they were overcompensating to to kind of make sure that everyone knew they appreciated Kevin Durant? There was no way. 
Um, yeah, I mean, if anything, if Lego was involved in this video, he would put he would have just ten seconds of KD <laughs> and like no no Steph Draymond Clay. It'd just be a big KD highlight reel with like some grandiose music behind it. KD can still come back. Uh, would be the uh, I guess he could still come back. I guess he's only signed a four year contract, and it's only going to be three more seasons after this one. So, uh, um, I I think it's pretty crazy though that uh, the Warriors are the team of the decade, considering where they were before. The rise, and then we're gonna talk about the Warriors today. But they are five and twenty-three, so it is hilarious that they get this award now from the Sports Business Journal while the team is in the shitter, kind of really tanking for the number one pick at this point. So, uh, really fun, like kind of like how things fucking change uh, that fast. Yeah, but you know, everyone still thinks they're gonna be back next year, like. I may have a little reservation for how good they will be next year. Um, or just there's a lot of question marks. I want to see how the roster fills out. But um, but it's not it's not like a Cleveland situation. Like, I feel bad for um, our guys, Justin and Carter, mm-hmm. uh, but just because, like, they don't have anyone that they they don't even have one guy with like, well, at least I'm confident we're building around this guy. Yeah. Like, this is a piece going forward. Yeah. Um, not a, not a Sexton fan, not a Garland fan. You're not. Oh, I have Sexton on my fantasy team. I finally dropped him. Oh, he's, he's just so many, just 18 points, zero assists, zero rebounds, zero steals, zero blocks. (laughs) Well, you got it. So he's, he's point guard Wiggins, but you, you know, you got to keep guys who play minutes though. He averages a lot of minutes. You kind of just got to keep those guys around. You never know. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get 35 minutes a night. Yeah. He's going to get some buckets, but yeah, it was just kind of like, I didn't realize how bad he was until I started watching him. Like, oh, this guy's got ways. Well, you, I think you watched him in college. You're like, what's his best case? Kemba Walker. But it took Kemba Walker a while to become Kemba Walker. So, I don't know. It's kind of, you never really trust that undersized shoot first kind of point guard. But why are we analyzing Colin Sexton? That's my bet. All right. Let's, let's move this forward. <laughs> um, so, we're officially basically – well, we're a third of the way through the season, which is to say we got another 54 of these games to go. Oh, you, so you texted me that, and I was just like, it's only been a third? That's it? When's the All-Star break coming? What's, what's our best case for Steph returning? Another 25 games? <laughs> yeah. Oh. We watch every um, game, by the way. I think that people, like, I think, you know, people, some people might not watch games, but we are required to watch games so we, have to, so we can talk about the games. Um, so me and Sam are it's, watching. It's, it's painful. <laughs> um. Yeah. But hey, anyway. listen, listen, listen. People pay us for it. That's why we have Light Years Premium. Yeah, subscribe. Um, <laughs> anyway, I wanted to do who – let's do awards. A third – if the if the season ended today, awards. Okay. So let's start with MVP. Yeah. Who you got? Uh, I got the guy with the – well, I guess they don't have the best record anymore. They have four losses now. But um, Giannis, I think it's pretty simple, right? He's on – Probably the worst team of the guys that are in play for the award. Uh, I think LeBron and AD are are uh, on a better team, I guess you could say. So I'd go with Giannis, who's also fantastic on defense again uh, this season. He's also a better shooter, uh, so he's improving. Um, and it looks like that he may come out of the East. I think he has a better chance of coming out of the East this season than last season. There's really nobody there that I'm scared of if I were a Bucks fan. Um, and again, he lost Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon, who's uh, one of the best players on the Pacers, if not the best player, that are and they're like nineteen and ten or something. So uh, I'm going with Giannis. I'm with you on Giannis, and actually, 
I'll give you a taste. So with premium, we get a bunch of questions. So we got this one from Grant Cohen um, and he emailed it to us basically as we were recording. So I didn't see it. So we didn't get to answer it on the premium podcast. He says, why doesn't Giannis have stands? Why does he not have fans like other superstars? Is it how his game is perceived on his size and physical dominance, kind of the reverse of Steph? Do what do take? you think? I have a couple takes, but I'll let you go first. Um, I think it's, it's not it's, – it, for me, it's – part of it maybe is that he's in Milwaukee. Part of it maybe is that the NBA doesn't market him in a way that – that is is that great? I think part of it also is he needs to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. He needs to be in the NBA Finals. He hasn't gotten there yet, and I think until he gets there, part of it is. But still Steph, did, Steph didn't need to get there to get like the fever pitch of fans. I so think Steph is a different type of star. Yeah, I will say. Yeah. I will say people always gravitate towards small guys first, and it's Davidson. just the reality. Remember Davidson. So Steph That's was true. blowing up in college already. Giannis is kind of. Just been a few years, right? But I, I think that's where I'm gonna go with it. So far, it's just Giannis win more games. Um, if you win more games, I think people are gonna see it on the great on the on the big stage. I, I, mean, I do also think it's um, <clears throat> it's the league. They're not marketing him um, because you can't tell me he's less exciting than LeBron was at 25. Maybe I mean it's it's a similar type of physical dominance. LeBron obviously was a better passer with a little more perimeter skill but he didn't do a lot of the stuff defensively at seven feet tall that Giannis can do right um but Giannis but you know LeBron was the chosen one Nike was running ads for him for years all justified by the way because of how good a player he was and people knew who he was I mean I'll just put it this way how many people were unaware that they'd won 18 in a row but everyone knew Bronny Jr. was playing an AAU game on ESPN. And that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, in my opinion, Giannis should be getting covered like the superstar he is. So the casual, not just the diehard NBA fans like you and me and probably most of our listeners, but like, you know, our friends who are probably more into football right now because it's football season and will tune into the NBA in maybe January when football's dying down. So those people can know that, like, this is a guy you have to watch. Well, like, w- would you say the Warriors got water wall coverage when they won 24 in a row to start 15-16? Uh, yeah. Then why, why isn't it similar to that, did you think? I, think? I think Steph is just a different category of people wanted to see him. I think he's an outlier. But, like, people would tell you they hadn't seen something like Steph since Jordan was coming up just because it was an unbelievable – like – Seeing Giannis dominate his size is not unbelievable in the sense of we kind of assume guys that size can dominate. Seeing a guy do it the way Steph did, people are like, he can't really be that good. You know, there's 50% of people who wanted to see the 30-foot shots, and 50% of people were like, I I can't believe this little guy's honestly that good. Yeah, so, okay, so so here's the – that's the part. That's the big part because you look at – you look at Giannis and you look at Kevin Durant and you, you really don't know how tall, how long, how skilled, how talented these guys are until you watch them live. Like 1% of fans ever watch basketball games live, right? Just because, you know, it's, it's live. Nobody's there. It's more expensive, whatever. So I think that's part of it too where it's, you know, really unless, you know, Kevin Durant had won a title in OKC 
or Giannis wins or goes to the NBA Finals in Milwaukee, um, it's kind of hard to say to have those diehard fans for those guys just because, yeah, like you said, you kind of expect them to be that great when they look that great. Um, and and it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of unfair to them, but then on the other hand, they have this unfair physical advantage. So, <laughs> I mean, you look at LeBron, he, a little bit different, right? Because LeBron really came in and was supposed to be that great, and he was that great um, from really day one. And then he went to the finals. He lost a bunch in the finals, and then he won a little bit in the finals. And so I think with him, it's a little different. I, get, so I, I, guess, I guess I left out the part where everyone knew who LeBron was from mm-hmm. age 15 or 16. So that's part of building his, his hype up too. Um, I, I just can't help but like I look at the NFL and you see like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes last year, and that's all anyone could talk about because they were the next up-and-coming big thing and their team was winning. And no one was looking at their team winning being like, well, they can't win in the playoffs like this. Um, and that's kind of the opposite. Giannis should be getting that Lamar Jackson or Mahomes type of coverage, right? Well, I think there's a bit of in the NFL, it's 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 a bit of like, hey, if Lamar Jackson, Lamar, well, there's a bit of Lamar Jackson can't throw it. If you figure him out or if he loses, it's because he can't throw, right? So I think there's part of that. But I think so. I think there's that in terms of the criticism that guys in the NBA might get. But I think what the NFL does well is they'll say from the beginning, they'll pump up Lamar Jackson. That's an MVP candidate. They were saying that since week five. Right, they were saying that since the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, honestly, I was skeptical, and I was, I was like, "Come on, guys. he's not better than Russ." Right. But, well, he's not, but he's he's not. But, but he might be having a better year. There you go. Right, and I think with the NBA, it's remember Draymond Green a couple of years ago would say like, "Hey, we're a year behind. Like, we're a year behind with how we feel. Maybe two years behind." People don't want to believe that Steph is that great. That great. You don't want to believe that Giannis is that great. Yeah, I think what the NFL does is, fuck it. Let's just have these takes. Let's just say that Lamar is MVP this year. Let's just say he's the best quarterback, right? How many times has the NFL said that Tom Brady's done, right? So I think part of that is, is where, like, the sports talk radio or that type of uh, thing is it's good because you want to generate excitement, and you generate excitement by saying Lamar Jackson's the MVP and best quarterback in the league, not by saying that Giannis may not be good enough to win a title because he's just not that good of a player yet. Um, so I think right. you're right. All right, let's go to defensive player of the year. <laughs> Am I going to pick Giannis again? What about this last night? Am I going to go Giannis again? Is that how much I love him? Um, I think. And- I mean, it's really hard to win MVP and defensive player of the year in the same year. I think uh, – I know Jordan did it. I'm pretty sure Hakeem did it. That might be it. That, uh, you, you'd have to go with the the uh, the easy pick, right? It's kind of Anthony Davis, Caruso, <laughs> uh, Anthony Davis. I think uh, he's gotten to a point in his career where, and he's not playing the five still, but you know sometimes he does. Uh, but he's trying on defense. Uh, he's got. They the have Lakers. kind of validated yeah. playing him at the four, though defensively. I think a lot of that's Dwight. Um, I didn't expect Which Dwight to have a throw that. Yeah, I keep thinking about what if they had Boogie, they would not have been as good. Um, but anyway, um, I think I'll. I do think those are the two candidates. I don't know that anyone else is close to them. Um, Kawhi's having a weird year. Uh, Paul George missed as our. You know, he missed the first twelve games. Let's be real. Um, Gobert, no. Anyone else you even want to throw out there? I think it's either AD or Giannis, and I'd probably go AD also just because of how much they've rolled. Not happy about it. Believe me. I'm not happy about it. Hey, I'll, I'll at least say this. AD 
for a lot of his career has been more potential than production on defense. Like you knew what he could do, but he didn't do it all game. He's been doing it pretty much all game, every game. So give him that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt that LeBron's also talking about it every bit of the way. And you know, you know, the league, you know how NBA media is, uh, but, good for, <laughs> but good for him. I mean, good for him. Um, it, it looks like he's become that type of player, but I mean, the, and the, it's still the postseason, right? We still got to see this in the postseason. Um, and I think that in the Western conference, it's, I do. I cannot wait. Actually, I should throw him. I should throw out Siakam. Probably gets a mention too, but a tier below those. Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So let's go to uh, what's the next one? Rookie of the year. Um, so I'm just gonna say this. Um, Easy. It's gonna be. It's gonna be John Morant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say legitimately Pascal's number two right now, which no one saw coming. Can he actually? I want to change this question. Can Pascal hold this up? For the year, uh, no, I, I'm I'm not happy about saying no. Uh, uh, you mean the whole up in terms of how well he was playing, or just being the second, like the maybe the second person in the rookie of the year standings? Um, let's let's do both. Yeah, I guess in like you're looking at the people right now, is looking at the names, and it's like it's not great. It's it's Brandon Clark, Rui Hachimura, PJ Washington. Uh, does even Kendrick Nunn even count? Um. There's even Kai Bowman here. Yeah, so it's not great. John Moran, I think, is the runaway. He looks fantastic. Uh, Doesn't look like Zion's going to even get a I was going to say, so. yeah, I was going to say if Zion came back at some point, he'd, be, he'd probably be second. But uh, I, I think the – so Slater wrote, wrote a good piece today about, about uh, Eric Paschal. Um, I don't know how sustainable it is just because what he was doing before was people didn't know what he was doing, so he kind of got an advantage. And now that they know he has, you know, a couple moves and one includes just running a guy over LeBron style, uh, it's not really working as effectively. And the other thing is he can't shoot. I don't even think his jumper looks that bad. But the point being made by the development staff that you just can't jump that high and sustain that level of shooting style throughout a season, that's fair. And if Eric Pascoe is going to keep shooting like that, which he will apparently this season, I just think it makes him kind of – it just that type of scoring is unsustainable. Um, he does shoot on the way down, which is never good. Yeah. It's a little Blake Griffin-ish, right? <laughs> oh, you're right. Um, it is. It, it kind of looks call. like Blake's jumper, but Blake actually hits him at a decent clip now. Anyway. Blake doesn't um, jump as high either. Um, no, he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, Pascal jumps each time like he's trying to dunk yeah. the three-point line. <laughs> I've never seen I, – I can't think of any other player – that is is like that that shoots like that um so it's it's something i mean everyone's aware he needs to be able to hit that shot if he's really going to be an impact guy um like a big time one like a starting caliber impact guy not like i I think we both feel confident he's a rotation player no matter what um you you said this you tweeted that he you thought of him as a four they think of him as a three i'm i don't know why they think of him as a three i think that's setting him up for failure I think well, I, I I know why they're playing him three right now. They're short on bodies who can play the two and the three, and but long stacked with bigs. Yeah, but you th- you think that's you think long term that's fair to to put him at three because I you better pray he can hit thirty eight percent from three if if you're going to do that. And what about defense? Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, the issue is he's. He doesn't rebound that well. Mm-hmm. That needs to change. He's gonna at least like Draymond's small, but Draymond never really gets owned on the glass. <laughs> like occasionally, 
he'll have a bad matchup, but like even then he's good at like boxing out to the point where he calls it, where it's even. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I think it's, they're doing this kind of out of necessity too. They are putting a lot of stock in this developmental program. One that really we've, it, again, it's just started this year and they, they haven't proven anything. If it was the Spurs, if they put Pascal in the Spurs program, they put them at the one. I don't care. I trust you can do whatever you want. I, I'll trust you. I don't know if I – what is it, Chris DeMarco that's running a running developmental program? Do we trust him? Who cares? Who knows? He's, it's this year one of what the Warriors are trying to do, and I just – I don't know if it's going to be successful, which is kind of scary for a team that's getting Stephen Clay back and has a, has a window here of, what, three to four years, five years maybe? Um, they better develop these guys. Uh, they better success, successfully develop these guys because if, if they mess it up, uh, that's not great. Unless they get Giannis, you know. So, yeah, there you go. All right, last one. Most improved? Uh, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I mean, we're really going with the vanilla takes right now. But, I mean, I didn't think he'd be 25 to 28. It's a vanilla year. I might actually actually go with Ingram um, just because he's taken such a huge step. But they're terrible. So here, 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 here's. I guess it's. It's. I was gonna say it's vanilla because the season kind of blows. But um, here's my thing with most improved. Usually, is people get most improved because it's like an Ingram thing. They just get a bunch more shots and they get a little bit better. Yeah, they go from like 15 to 25 points basically. (laughs) Um, Siakam is different, right? I guess Kawhi is gone, but they're great. The Raptors are really good, and he got better. Um, So. We'll go with Siakam. Yeah, you want to? I guess you could say Doncic, but he was great too. So I don't really. I don't know. Um, anytime you go for to thirty, ten, and ten, <laughs> you deserve mention, and they're the third best team in the West. Yeah. Uh, but um, let's do the Warrior Awards real quick, and then get out of here. Um, Warrior MVP for the season. Do we even have one? <sighs> I, I have. I have one. Uh, you go first. Steph Curry. Steph broke his hand, sacrificed the season, get him the high lotto pick. Now they have more assets to put the team around him to compete going forward. MVP sacrifice. Again, Steph has to sacrifice for everyone's failures. It's a sacrifice for Kerr not developing players over the last four years. Sacrifice for Bob not finding the right guys. Steph's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to break my hand, guarantee us that top five pick. That's why he's the MVP. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was well done. Uh, for me, it's, uh, it's Eric Paschal. I think without Eric Paschal, this team really – there is really no silver lining. Uh, I think Eric Paschal is the one person where you're like, all right, even if we keep D'Lo, we get a pick – Pascal is someone that should be a top seven rotation player next season because Jordan Poole sucks. Uh, and the other guy that you're talking about, Damian Lee, Kai Bowman, whomever else, either they're not on the team. They should be back of the bench. They're back of the bench. Exactly. And Eric Pascal is the one person where you're, they're almost relying on him next season. And so far he's shown that he's, he's able to, he's able to be an NBA player. So I think he's there. And, he and he does allow, you know, I didn't think Jordan Poole was going to play this year. I kind of thought it was going to be D'Lo and Steph with Burks being the third guard. Um, and Poole was going to be in the, the G League, right? 
and then everyone got hurt and my god he, he really should have been in the g league because it was it's bad yeah we feel bad but for um too. i know it's just it, it's 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 not good but you know your point about pascal getting a guy in the after pool who we know can play makes it a little easier to be like okay maybe pool will take two to three years best case yeah yeah um okay biggest disappointment uh i'm gonna go with d'angelo russell situation um i expected more in situation meaning anybody that's associated with right steve kerr chris marco development whatever even a wife said chris marco twice already today um, it's because his name was mentioned 20 times in Slater's piece. Yeah, it's, it's, just, on, your it's mind. Like on my <laughs> mind. Like, like, um, it's just, I'm disappointed just because I, I expected a little bit more from Steve Kerr, either, you know, kind of letting him cook, letting him play, or kind of developing him, kind of catering the system a little bit more around his strengths. In, instead, we see D'Lo struggle because great passer, but a lot of dumb turnovers, kind of almost like Steph, except he's not the same type of shooter. Um, and then Steve Kerr on the other side, almost kind of pigeonholing him into a system that doesn't really fit him that well. Um, and, and because of that, we have a team that has talent, but man, do they look bad on offense, um, especially for a team that, that should be winning some of these games. You know, they should have eight wins, nine wins. Instead, they have five. Um, and that, that's a little disappointing, even if, you know, I get they're trying to tank. But I expected a little bit more from, from both coaching staff and D'Lo in that situation. I'm going to give D'Lo a little bit of a pass because he's missed like 10, 11 games. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still figuring it out. I'm not – he's – it's not good. But I think my biggest disappointment is Draymond. Ooh, Starting from coming, coming in out of shape – kind of pouting the leadership hasn't really been there at the level you expect from him and i don't know like we we both he's given up under any season. we we both aren't under any illusion draymond can carry a team offensively but i'm still expecting a little more from this guy and you know maybe he'll turn it around at some point but to date the first two months of the season He's been my biggest disappointment. I was expecting more leadership. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I was. I was saying it, it does feel like, uh, and I can't really blame him. I'd probably be the same way. Um, he, he looks like he's kind of given up. But again, that's me. <laughs> I'm not Draymond. Draymond is supposed to be this ultra competitive, you know, veteran that's that's been through the wars and has been through the best players and the best games of of the high, most high pressure games of the season. So. Um, yeah, I'm with you, man. It, 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 it's a, it sucks to see him kind of just be a guy out there. Like, he, he almost feels like he's kind of like an Alec Burks kind of mindset, which is like there's a reason why he's Alec Burks and you're Draymond Green, right? You're supposed to be the guy here, and it, it hasn't felt that way uh, this season. So, you know, we'll blame that on Clutch, but it sucks. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.